Welcome to the Augusta Sports Report, hosted by Chad Cook. For more information on what we talk about today, visit AugustaBball.com. Welcome to Episode 3 of the Augusta Sports Report. I'm Chad Cook. We are at the Augusta Podcast Studios in the Allison South Building in, in downtown Augusta. Today, my special guest is Kyle Sandy. He is of sandyspiel.com. If you follow high school basketball, you know Kyle well. He is the Georgia High School Association basketball expert. I've never seen anybody follow the sport in, in as wide a, a range as consistently uh, as as Kyle does, so we're very excited to get to talk to him. We're going to talk about his journey through basketball, the 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 site he's built, the media um, company he's built, and also, and I know, ho- I assume this is where everybody wants me to go. We're going to talk about the rankings and the teams from Augusta, the Augusta area, where they fit, how they can maybe move up or break into the rankings, and what Kyle's looking at when it comes to our teams in relationship to the whole state and wherever else the conversation takes us. Now, before we get to Kyle, I want to do some programming notes. So AUGB Ball is the social media channel. That's at A-U-G-B-B-A-L-L. And then AugustaSportsReport.com is the email newsletter. That's where you find all the stuff that I'll put out there when it comes to high school and college basketball in this area it's basketball season and we are off to the races for instance last week we had the jones county hooping in middle georgia event we've covered that a lot on episode one and two here well we we finished the first week with a real barn burner of a game between grovetown and augusta christian that was exciting we had right before that evans number nine in kyle's ranking of 6a at the time against West side number three in Kyle's rankings, number three in 2A. Well, so we had that game. We had Grovetown, Augusta Christian. And it, here we are in the new week, and we're going to have Augusta University opening um, opening up, up at home for the first time. They're 3-0. and They're going to play at home for the first time here Tuesday night. Um, Augusta Christian's taking on Jones County, and, uh, and, and, and Butler and Grovetown are playing. So the, the atmosphere at these games have been electric. We've been trying to keep up with it, and you can keep up with that coverage at AUGB Ball on social media. You can also keep up with it at AugustaSportsReport.com. Sign up for the newsletter. You'll get in your inbox every time we do an in-depth story. I don't do as much in-depth stories as I do social media you know, videos and clips and, and, and captions and what have you, pictures. But we do do a lot of that. And so on that site right now is a lot about what I just went through. So be sure to subscribe to that and you'll catch everything. Now, the last programming note before I go, I talked about what's been happening. I talked about what's going to happen tonight, Tuesday night, as we record this. When you see this, it will have already happened. Hopefully I can magically get into, um, you know, what happened Tuesday night when you see this, you know, Wednesday evening. But um, 
In addition to all that stuff, some other things that will be coming up. When you see this, you should know that coming up will be Cross Creek. I expect them to be in the championship game of the tip-off at the dam. I expect them to be playing River Bluff, the defending state champion of the highest classification in the state of South Carolina. I expect them to be in a rematch of the championship game of the tip-off at the dam. River Bluff got them last year. Cross Creek ended up being a state champion. So two state championships will do battle at 131. Wednesday. I expect that to be the matchup as long as there's no upsets today. And I'll be there to, to cover that. And then last but not least, this weekend at Augusta University will be the 100 Black Men Thanksgiving Classic. This is a longer than quarter of a century long um, event. Um, it's been going on for more than 25 years. And I'm going to run down the matchups real quick because come out and watch high school basketball at Augusta University the day after Thanksgiving and the Saturday after th Thanksgiving, back-to-back -back days. First day, you have an all-boys slate. Starting at noon, you have Evans, Class 6A uh, quarterfinalist last year against Putnam County, state playoff team from Class 2A. At 2 o'clock, you have number four Butler from Class 2A taking on number six Warren County, of Class 1A public. Warren County's got a dynamite guard named Lorenzo Johnson that folks around here should get to know. He's a really good player, and we all know what Butler has in store. Uh, 4 o'clock, rivals Greenbrier and Lakeside will play each other. 6 o'clock, Westside, number 3 in Class 2A, will take on Jones County, number 6 in Class 5A. We know Jones County well. Buck Harris is their head coach, an Augusta native you know, he needs no introduction. That'll be a great game. And then at 8, Laney will take on Harlem. Harlem is coached by Carlos Carter, a former Laney and Tex, I'm sorry, Tennessee Tech great. Um, so so he, he'll be doing battle with his old school, just like Buck Harris at Jones County will be doing battle with the school that he graduated from, Westside. And then on Friday, an all-girls slate will have number two, Class 2A, Josie, the defending state champion, taking on Evans at 12. We'll have Butler, a region champion from Josie's region last season. Um, Butler at 2 o'clock will take on Augusta Christian, a promising young group that added some pieces in the offseason. At 5, we'll have number 4 from Class 5A, Greenbrier, taking on Putnam County again, Putnam being a state playoff team from a year ago. And at 7, the nightcap will be a barn burner. Number 6, Laney against Number six, Laney from Class 2A against number three, Baldwin from Class 4A. So we can't wait for all that stuff. And thank you for being patient with me, letting me run through those programming notes. And now we get to the main event. Kyle Sandy, welcome to the show. Wow, thank you, Chad. You've, uh, you've been the man in the CSRA. You do such a fantastic job. I remember when we first crossed paths many moons ago. It feels like five, six years ago, maybe even longer than that. Um, but to see you making this happen with the podcast, the Zoom, it's, it's fantastic. You've done such a tremendous job of highlighting student-athletes in your area. And it's not just basketball anymore. I see you on the gridiron with football. It gets bigger and bigger every single year, so I really do appreciate you thinking to have me on. Well, that's so nice, and I appreciate everything you do. Um, when, I, when my mind rewinds back, I have it at 2015 when I first um, intersected with you, and I think it was um, you were doing write-ups, um, like kind of long, not long, like, 
too long, but, you know, very extensive, um, you know, state playoffs. Here's what it looks like, bracketology type stuff. And at the time, I was really following Laney closely. Buck Harris, who I mentioned earlier, was the head coach, and, he, and they were on a state championship run. And I, I feel like that's the first time I touched bases with you. But take us through – um, you know, I know you played in high school. I know you're much younger than I am, so somehow you got to get that across. I, I gradu- graduated from high school in the Stone Ages. You graduated from high school, I think, within maybe the last 10 to 15 years. Um, and, and, and then, you know, I know uh, a little bit about your story. It might have you – know, Sam Crenshaw might be in there somewhere. He's an he's a ex-media person here in Augusta, so I'd love to hear maybe the Kennesaw State-Sam Crenshaw connection connection if that's true but take us from a to z from a player to the owner of sandyspiel.com you've got you've got uh uh events that you host with high school teams uh showcase invitational during the season you've got fall leagues maybe summer leagues um you know just an endless uh stream of content coming from you about georgia high school association but take us through the entire uh timeline yeah, boy, it's been quite the journey. Um, you know, as you mentioned, I played high school basketball. I was at Sequoia High School in Canton, Georgia, Cherokee County, uh, you know, right next to Cobb County. It wasn't really known as a, a basketball county, um, but graduated in 2010. You were right on the money, so it's, what, about 11 years now. Senior year, we were the first team in school history to make the state playoffs, so I was part of a program that was known for being a, a, a solid football school, but, you know, basketball was usually the redheaded stepchild. They weren't any good, so, you know, you, you win five games a year. But when my class was able to get in there, you know, get better and better and better, and then junior season we were maybe 14 and 13 or something like that, and even that was probably the first time we had been over 500 at the school for, gosh, feels like maybe close to a decade. Um, but with that being said, yes, Played at Sequoia, made it to the state playoffs, and then I went to Kennesaw State just as a student, sport management degree. I knew I wanted to do something in sports. Uh, wasn't 100% sure what road that would take me down, but before I had to graduate, um, I had to get a practicum and an internship. And through there, I hooked up with a company called Score Atlanta, and that was, you know, that's we're talking about circa. You know, I graduated college 2015. I probably started as an intern around 2014-ish or so. Um, but through there, I was—I didn't really know, but I was going to be involved in high school sports. And then, you know, first day on the job, they, they say, hey, I need you to start writing about college football. So I was like, well, let me go out to Lindy's or whoever's making these college football magazines. Phil, Phil Steele, I think, is the big one. Let me go out there and start researching. And I just start writing about college football. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm turning into a sports journalist. I thought, you know, in high school and college, I wasn't a huge fan of writing. But I'd much rather, if it's something I'm passionate about, I can write about basketball and sports more so than um, mitochondria and this that, and I don't want to do any research papers. That's not too fun. But writing about sports uh, obviously makes it a lot more enjoyable. But from there, uh, with Score Atlanta, they do everything for the GHSA, uh, the AJC, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and the Atlanta Falcons as well. So we would have to write all the game day stories for those Falcons programs you'd see in you know, it sounds fun. It sounds good to be on the field pregame and be in the box, but then you're like, oh, wow, 
We're writing all these stories, and then we have to get there on Sundays at like 4 a.m. and then go around for seven hours placing the programs on every other seat. So it was just like ridiculous amounts of labor. But with that being said, um, really just refound my love, rekindled my love of high school basketball through working at Score Atlanta. And again, same deal. You know, they just felt, and you know, they, everybody always says football is a king in the South, but. Gee whiz, we have some tremendous basketball in the South, and especially Georgia. And it's not just on the boys' side, which I have gotten deeper and deeper into the girls' game over the past three years or so. Um, and I just really refound my love, just randomly started going to fall league games, um, just popping up in places, started tracking down transfers, opened up sandyspiel.com as a, on a, you know, on the side as just a passion project. I was at my job, you know, it was... A lot of work, but there were some super slow down times as well. And I would fulfill all my duties at Score Atlanta. And then when you have like four hours, five hours left of the day, you got to find something to be productive. So I said, well, let me just dive into high school basketball and started putting stuff on that website. And then it just started snowballing and snowballing and snowballing and got bigger and bigger and bigger with, you know, getting game night recaps, going to games and writing stories. Uh, and then eventually that transitioned into the Spielin' and Dealin' podcast, which I do throughout the season. I try to at least. And uh, it just got bigger and bigger. And, you know, now what, what we're talking about 2015 is when SandySpiel.com opened. We're 2021 currently. It's been at least six years of doing it. And it's just something that it's it's been so good because I felt like, you know, back when I started – and, you know, you probably started around a similar time. You might have had a few years on me, but there wasn't a whole lot that was covering high school basketball. Of course, there were travel ball circuits and hoop scene, and they would always cover their events. But during the high school season, we were left relying on the AJC. And when you have to rely on a newspaper that doesn't get out to games, doesn't really have a personal relationship with any of these players or coaches or writing about players that graduated two years ago and saying they're going to be big-time contributors this upcoming season. It was sorely needed for someone to kind of try and champion uh, high school basketball in Georgia. And I, I don't know. I just felt like I was going to try and be the leader with that and you know, kick down the door and find a niche market. And uh, it's just been fun because it's, you know, it's a platform needed. And since I've started, I mean, Everybody has been raising the level. We're so, you know, all these student athletes are really blessed to be in Georgia because there's so many great media outlets all over the state now. Um, it's a great time to be a high school basketball fan in Georgia, but just to be on that ground floor level and trying to help, you know, in some capacity be a small cog in moving this to where we are now, I'm very proud of that. You should be. Now, um, so at some point, you went, I forgot about uh, Score Atlanta. That's where I first discovered you. I followed, you know, Craig uh, Sager Jr., yeah, yeah. and next thing you know, I'm following Kyle Sandy and then Sandy Spiel. So w at what point did you go 100% Sandy Spiel and not uh, Score Atlanta? Great question, Chad. You're very good. You're a muckraker. <laughs> You're getting into the nitty-gritty. Great question. So uh, without going into the, the super heavy details of all that, um, eventually what they said at one point, and this is like right at the beginning of the state playoffs or actually maybe region tournaments, um, I was tasked with having to collect all the scores across the state of Georgia. And it's, you know, Scortland is a small company in the first place, but one person is like, hey, you got to get 400 scores across Georgia, whatever, and updated in real time. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a lot. Everyone else is relaxed and they're chilling, enjoying their Saturday, but here I am on TweetDeck on Twitter, just like, okay, I need a score from 
Baker County. Yeah. Does Baker County have Wi-Fi or cell service? I don't know. I've never been there. Like all these places down south in these really small pockets, but I'm trying to track all these scores. But with that being said, you know, I was updating it on, uh, you know, Score Atlanta and the AJC and then also my website and this and that. But eventually, um, you know, I got called into the office one day. And long story short, they said, we, a.k.a. Score Atlanta slash the AJC because they're – similar entity partners however you want to talk about we view you as competition and we don't like that you're covering you know the state so much and you're putting you know scores on your website 20 minutes before you're putting it on our website and i was just you know it was it was shocking and i was told you're never going to be successful in this industry it's just not going to happen good luck doing it hopefully you make money you know offhanded comment and i i remember saying i said it's not it's not necessarily all about the money but that was the battles we, we we had back then. And, you know, Score Atlanta, it was a great opportunity to get my foot in the door and learn about all this stuff. So you can't say anything bad about that. But it was strenuous, and basketball did still feel like, oh, you know, it's that time of the year. Give it a little coverage. Like, if you got five game night recaps, you got a pat on the back and say, Kyle, you did a hell of a job. <laughs> but now, you know, you're able to get 60. You're able to get 70. You're able to put 80 recaps on there it's just about putting the effort in like showing some love to it but yeah i was told i wasn't going to be successful in it and I, you know success is not linear it is not just a straight climb no it's peaks and valleys there's side roads you know you never know where you're going to end up um but that's how i got into sandy spiel and started putting that together full time and then i don't know maybe two years ago or so i just thought like okay i've been doing this you know, trying to build a reputable brand for maybe four years or so. I think people, for the most part, kind of respect my thought or my hustle and all that. So I said, geez, I don't really want to be doing part-time jobs for the rest of my life. You know, I run little odd jobs here and there. But, man, what a dream it would be to be able to work in high school basketball and cover all this full-time. So that's when I turned to you know, exploring the idea of a paywall, not putting the entire website behind a paywall, but if you want to be like a GHSA insider with the analysis of the, you know, 10,000 word recaps or whatever it is, uh, preseason polls, kind of explaining, okay, you see the poll, you see one through 10, but if you really want to dig into it and understand, okay, why is this team here? Why is that team dropping? Why is this team climbing up? That's where, you know, you put it behind uh, a little paywall and get subscriptions. And to be honest with you, um, I'm not super technologically uh, sound with all that. I wasn't sure if it was just going to die on the cutting room floor and just get frustrated and say, I don't know how to install this thing. Forget about it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not, you know, I don't know. It's just a basic GoDaddy WordPress page. I don't know what I'm doing. But I was able to link it up, got it to work, and I was like, okay, interesting. And then you start seeing an email. You get automated emails that come in. So-and-so is just subscribed. Oh, okay, awesome. That's that's 10 bucks. I didn't have you know five seconds ago and then oh it keeps going and going and growing and growing and it's been the best decision I ever made like I said I went into it like uh, I don't know I'm gonna try I don't know how many subscribers who would be interested who really thinks my stuff is valuable enough because once you start asking people for money that is a big responsibility you have to be able to deliver you have to give 
content that is throughout the year and consistent, and it's got to be valuable content that they might not be able to find elsewhere. Um, but it was the best decision I ever made. I'm able to pair that with, you know, doing some work with prep hoops as well. So I compare or combine those two revenues of income. And that's what you really have to do in the sports industry. I learned when I was at score Atlanta, you, you take, Oh, I, I do this. I do play by play on the side. I do a little bit of this. I freelance right here and there. You got to stack it up. Not everyone's making millions of dollars at ESPN. Um, but you know, in summary, you know, putting a lot of my website behind a paywall and being able to you know, get subscribers, it's the best decision I've ever made, and it's allowing me to do basketball full-time and really live out my dream. That's wonderful, and it reminds me, I might need to resubscribe. I know I was a subscriber. I might have, uh, you know, what you know, you know, when you kind of clean out your subscriptions, it's like, yeah, which yeah, ones yeah. of these do I? During the pandemic, I might, I might mm-hmm. unsubscribe, but, but, oh, um, but I've been a subscriber, and, and I suggest anybody, you know, most people who are listening and watching this podcast this far into it are basketball fans, high school basketball fans, and I would strongly encourage people to subscribe. It's uh, very affordable, and it gives you a window, um, a bird's-eye view into the entire state what's the notable stuff that's going on. And then we always have roughly 10 to 12 teams or, you know, six to eight or 10 teams from our area populating the uh, rankings. And then so, you know, you actually don't have to pay to see the rankings, but to see Kyle's analysis and what the most recent games were and who won and who led the team in scoring and what's coming up and all that kind of stuff, you know, that you, you, you need to subscribe and it's well worth it. Now, Kyle, um, what about when it comes to like, uh, okay, I'll rewind back. The AJC in Score Atlanta tells you, hey, you know, we don't think you're going to make it. We view as you, you, you as competition and all this stuff. I would say to that, they had no idea who they were messing with because, you know, the way traditional uh, media outlets treat something like high school basketball is not the way you treat high school basketball. So they never had a chance against you. Now, insiders, media insiders, you know, think that, well, and it is true that the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is a powerful entity, but on our turf, this high school basketball turf, um, you know, it's, it's a whole different story. And people who follow it, you know, if we lined up 100 people who follow high school basketball for whatever reason, maybe their kid plays, maybe they're just a fan, they, they used to play, whatever, maybe they play. Mm-hmm. We line up 100 people and we ask them who, who, who the voices are in high school basketball. They're going to say Kyle Sandy. So, um, you know, you've done an excellent job. And so, to, but to be that person that people point to first and foremost, you know, it, it, it doesn't, I think you said it earlier, success isn't in a linear fashion. It comes from um, hard work and consistency. That's the thing that just very much impresses me about you, your consistency and your volume. Um, do you ever look at things and write down, like I know sometimes you'll say, here's my preseason rankings. It happens to be 14,000 words. You know, it's just like an incredible amount of volume about the topic. Do you ever maybe through the course of a season or a week or a month kind of chart out how many games you take in, um, how many people you interview, how many how many updates you process? Do you ever do, you ever do that? Because it would be a shocking number, I think. Well, I, I can say that, at least on the boys' side, I do have a, an Excel sheet database. Every single game I go to, I punch in 
the school and I punch in, you know, the roster and all the stats I keep. Because when I go to these games, I keep all the stats on my sheet and I put it in. And I got something that's right here yeah. next to me. And this is just this is just one, and this is only covering maybe two years worth. But oh wow, here's here's an amount of of games I've I've gone to. You break it down: boys and girls, summer league, AAU, uh, high school season. So and that's just one of them. And I got many more. So yeah, I've been to a lot of games over. The years I've used a lot of paper. Hopefully, I haven't killed too many trees, but the, the, you know it's that's a circle of life recycling and putting it to good use. But I get out to a lot of places. I love traveling and seeing new places. And uh, you know that's another thing is uh, you know there's there's always going to be like big games. You, when you think about high school basketball in Georgia, people from out of the state or just the casual fan, they're going to think of like the big teams in Gwinnett County and the Wheelers of Cobb County, all the teams that are always really good and, and win a ton of games. Um, but with that, would, do I want to go see six or seven Division One players on the floor at one time? If I go to an event like that or a game like that, I'm really more so going as just a fan because what am I going to tweet out? What am I going to tell you that anyone else is not already telling you? You walk into the gym and see the seven-footer catching alley-oops. Yeah, we know. He's really good and he's going. Yeah, you don't need me to tell you. Anyone going to Ohio you. State. Exactly <laughs> right. And I, I, and I always try and, you know, exaggerate this, but if there's a big game in the state and we have 50 media outlets – and 48 of them are at the exact same game. How are we helping the rest of the state? Those are the kids that don't necessarily need that bump. They're already household names. They're playing on shoe teams, this. They already have their local media, and they're going to have those people coming and making mixtapes. Everybody knows about them. They already have multiple stars next to their name. But how about the, the fringe Division Two kid or the junior college kid or the Division Three kid or the ones that are playing in maybe a little bit of a rural area that all they have is their hometown newspaper, and maybe they, they're not in a great geographic, uh, area to be able to make it to uh, Lake Point every week and play in a big team. There's a lot of determining factors, and it can be tougher for some of these kids, especially at the smaller schools. But those are the kids that I want to try and go out and see. If they're putting up you know, big numbers and that's a really good team, they're doing it the right way and they're a homegrown team and it's fun to kind of track – those are the people I want to try and be a voice for. It might be three hours away. I might, you know, hit some road bumps on the way there, but I love – just going to different places that maybe I haven't heard about or haven't seen before and going there and saying, hey, I hear you guys are pretty good. You got me in the gym. Here's your, here's your shot to, you know, show me what you got. Like going down to Portal last year, a Class A public school that had a bunch of freshmen that are all sophomores now. I was super impressed with them. What happens? I turn around and I have a, a season opening tip-off event this year. I invite Portal. This is a good team. And now this is probably the first time they've played in Metro Atlanta in a long, long time. You're talking about a Class A public school way down south, and they come to play at West Forsyth High School, and they pick up a win against a Forest Park team that's a 5A school. So just stuff like that, just trying to connect the dots and help maybe the, the underdogs or the little people be seen. That's, that's what I do it for. That's what I really love about it. I love that. I, I didn't know we were going to go there because one of my questions was going to be, you know, because we, all we care about here kind of is Augusta and the CSRA. You know, once the state tournament comes along, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to know the other teams. And so we're so hyper-focused on our little area or, you know, our area. And um, so one of my questions was going to be, how does, like, as a guy who covers the whole state, does Atlanta just 
overwhelm you. I mean, because you could you could stay in Atlanta the whole season, never leave, and honestly say that you didn't do the wrong thing when it comes to, like, if you're trying to cover the best of the best or whatever. I mean, it's such a hotbed. It's smoking hot there with the talent. But you answered that question there. You actually see it as your niche to get out there and give a voice to the voiceless, if you will. Um, I can imagine the feedback you get from those coaches, those parents, those fans, those players of the schools that aren't in the spotlight normally. You put them in the spotlight. You must just get a lot of great feedback from people um, appreciating what you do. Yes, appreciation. That is the big word. It's just that it's really gratifying for me, and it is kind of cool sometimes when you go to a game and you, you, they, you kind of feel like a celebrity. This was years and years ago, but I go to see Jordan Harris, who ended up at Georgia when he was at Seminole County in Donaldsonville, and they're playing Thomasville, who had Reggie Perry, who's in the NBA. Now, I go down there with my dad, and we, we get a little rinky-dinky hotel to spend the night down there, and then the the only restaurant there is like a Hardee's, and after the game, there's like 90 cars, because that's that's a small-town thing. That was a, the hangout spot, but, you know, right when you walk in, they said, oh, you're so-and-so here. And it's like, how do you even know me that I'm coming down here, and I get to walk in the gym, and, you know, people recognize me. But, again, that's the thing, and especially, like, even – on the girls' side as well, when you get to go out to some girls' events, they're just so appreciative and thankful, and it you know it makes me feel good, it makes them feel good, it feels like it's a beneficial thing, everyone feels good about it, um, and that's the other thing. I know I'm harped on it a little bit, but like just going to these big games and stuff with these five star guys, like they they're used to it. They're always used to me. Someone's gonna be there. You don't need me there, but like you said, the smaller schools and the, the people that aren't traditional powers. Um, I like really trying to be out and about and, you know, go see them and say, hey, it's an opportunity for you to be seen and I want to do the best I can to help you out. So it is always fun to go to these places that are very appreciative and they welcome you in with open arms and it just, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I have some self-worth and some value. Like, okay, the stuff I am doing is actually benefiting and helping people. It sure is. And and so before we get into, um, you know, more specifically the teams around here, you mentioned girls basketball. I, I, I should have mentioned it by now. I can't think of an, another media entity or person who um, focuses on girls basketball as much as you do. You know, we would all say that we do maybe somewhat close to equal boys and girls, but we would all not be telling the truth if we were to say that. But you would be telling the truth if you said you give basically equal uh, attention or treatment. You might even give more attention to the girls. And have you ever kept track of that? Because that's what it looks like from me um, looking at it. I, I say, wow, you know, he he's not just covering that. Um, you know, it's no token coverage here. This is in-depth coverage of the girls' basketball game. Yeah, it's something I've I've been getting deeper into, and I, I really love it. And you know, sometimes when you get to the tippy top of the boys, it gets a little icky and this and that and for whatever reasons. But on the girls' game, you know, you might have that at the very tippy top 1%, but most of the time these are just girls that love basketball, they want to play, they want to play at the next level. Like when I have uh, these little showcase events here and there, you're always going to have really good girls basketball players in the gym because otherwise they would be out playing softball or out playing volleyball. They take it seriously. Now on the boys' side, sometimes you get some like JV superstars that think they're going to be the next LeBron James. It's like, 
Probably not. Um, but the girls, you always see uh, a lot of great effort and girls that are going to play at the next level. So I just, you know, I do enjoy the girls' game. And I think, you know, a lot of times when you talk to people that have coached the boys and the girls, they always say, you know, boys, there might be a little bit more of an ego. But girls, if you can buy in, they will run through a brick wall for you. They might not be able to, you know, even touch the net when they jump. Um, but they're going to execute and they're going to do whatever you tell them to do uh, for the vast majority. And with that, that tends to lead to you know teams that might not have this superstar athletes or teams that are going to have multiple Division One players. But if they have a really good culture and a really good system, they're going to win a lot of games. Like Cherokee is always very good on the girls' side. North Forsyth is always very good. Rabin County is always very tough. I know they fell to Laney that one year. So... These are programs that, you know, they walk into the gym and straight off the bus, you not, might not say, oh, boy, I'm very afraid to play them. But they, they they trap, they play really hard, they get on the floor and dive for loose balls. So just a lot of the little things really shine through in the girls' game, I feel like. Excellent, excellent. Now, before we get into uh, Augusta-based um, basketball and how it fits into the rest of the state, it's Tuesday. It's uh, November 23rd. I'll be at Augusta University's home opener tonight. Um, what game or what gym will you be in, and who's playing? Yeah, I, I check my my calendar right above me. Uh, I believe I'm going to the Jared Cook Classic, going to some boys' games. Uh, Etowah versus Archer uh, is a game I plan on attending, which I think is going to be very good. Archer, a team that just fell out of the top ten, but uh, one of the toughest defenses in the entire state. Uh, they get after you, and they play very unselfish. And then Etowah's a similar team. They play great defense, but they can really light it up from three. They already had a game where they hit maybe 12 threes when they beat River Ridge. Um, that's a team that's been on the come up every single year. Uh, Jason Dossinger does a great job, um, you know, getting that team to play tough. And they just lost the other day to Grayson 62-55, to and that's no small feat. Grayson's always a perennial power, and it's just, you know, little old Etowah from – Town Lake uh, competing with them. And then the game right after that, uh, North Gwinnett plays Green Forest. And again, Green Forest always with seven-footers, always a lot of Division One players there. And North Gwinnett, uh, a team that's been getting better and better and better every single year. And they have multiple Division One guys on that roster now. Coach Matt Garner has really grown that from the ground up. Um, so those are two good games I plan on checking out tonight. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so when we get to your rankings and we look at from an Augusta point of view, I'm looking at the, uh, the boys' rankings, um, starting from the smallest classification, uh, Class 1A public. We've got Warren County at number six. Um, I mentioned Lorenzo Johnson earlier. Coach Myrick has done a great job over there, and um, you know they had a strong season last year. Expect more out of the same, this, more of the same from them this year. Two A, we've got Westside at three, Butler at four, Washington County at nine. Now that classification, um, you know, is just so top heavy with Pace Academy, the champion of last year. I, I listened to your podcast, Kyle, and you said that Butler actually gave them one of the toughest games of the yes, year and we yes, lost 58 44 so that's how good pace is and um and then and then number two columbia butler's gonna get a crack at them on december 4th so that'll be exciting um thompson at number five in class 3a led to the quarterfinals last season by a couple freshmen now sophomore uh sophomores levante ivory and um oh goodness uh jones uh 
Jaquias, is that Jaquias Jones? Yeah, 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 Jaquias Jones. And then Jones County, we adopt Buck. We always keep track of Buck, and uh, they're number six in Class Five A. Um, Kyle, what um, if you if you were going to maybe pick a team out of that group that you think can really challenge for um, you know maybe a state championship? Or uh, yeah, let's start with that. Like a team that you think is set up to make a deep run, or maybe more than one team um, out of that group that I just listed. Yeah, I mean, you already named off a lot of good programs. You know, when you're talking about Class 2A, a lot of times that's always run through that Region 4 in Augusta. Always good teams, whether it be Laney on the boys or girls side. Westside has really just, you know, thrusted their way into the top as a really good team that has just all of a sudden, you know, been really good with Amari Tillman. Um, and Jalexius uh, Ewing, uh, all these guys have been very impressive early on when you start off the season with two top ten wins. I know it does get a little tricky when you do rankings, especially on the smaller schools with, oh, they're missing football players and this, and you, you, you try to do the best you can with all the information that you're given, um, but they're very impressive. Um, but, you know, Pace Academy at the top there, it's, it's just really tough. They're kind of like, a, you know, a buzzsaw at the top. Now, I will say, I don't think, you know, Pace Academy, they can't be as good as last year's team with Madison Durr, who's at Hargrave, Cole Middleton, the big guy that's at Cleveland State, and then, of course, Matt Cleveland um, at Florida State. They're still really good. Josh Reed's going to Cincinnati as a 6-7-4, and they got a 6-8 freshman in Bryson Tiller. So they're going to be good. But just out of all those teams you listed, um, you know, I, I really am interested to see more of this West Side team. I saw them once over the summer. At the GBCA event, saw them beat South Polding. Um, you know, they're not afraid to play fast. They're aggressive. They do a really good job. So that's a team that I think has a chance. And then you mentioned Butler, you said, against uh, Columbia, correct? Yes, sir. December 4th. Yeah, that will be a, a, a great measuring stick game because Columbia, um, on paper, I guess you could say, they probably match up the best with pace. They're in that same region with them. They have a couple 6'7", 6'8", guys. Mason Lockhart's a 6'6 post that has Division One offers, and you got some great athletes on the perimeter. Um, but Butler, you know, Kadar Bodie, that's a really good player, a really good player that will get after you defensively and is, you know, really turned into a scorer that can get you at multiple levels. And then Chance Finklin, I saw him again at the GBCA. He caught my eye. He has great shoulders, great hands. He will high point rebounds. He will block shots about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, plays even bigger than that sometimes. Um, so I like that team, but class two, I feel like that's where your your most concentrated level of talent, maybe the best talent is right now in the Augusta area. But then you know you got pace that kind of ruins that. But a lot of great teams, especially in the lower classifications. Now to piggyback on some of that, Butler, um, you know, I saw him play Jones County at Jones County in the first, basically the first day of the season. And Jones County got up big on Butler. It was like 14 to two, and then it was 21 to eight. Coach Body emptied his bench, and that unit, that a bunch of sophomores and freshmen, uh, Willie Taylor and Marcus Scurry and uh, uh, oh goodness, uh, Kylan, um, what's Kylan Clark? These guys made a run, and. Um, and, and, and took a 25-21 lead, so they scored 17 straight. And then they had the lead until the very end. So that Butler team, they're big, they're athletic, they're deep, they know how to play. And, you know, so I saw them against Jones County, a really good team. You've got them number six and 5'8". And then I'll get to see Friday Westside against Jones County. 
So both Butler and Westside being tested by a 5A school that has earned a, a sixth ranking from you. Jones County beat Butler and they beat Warner Robins. That team, I think, is really good. And so for Jones County to beat Warner Robins really caught my attention. They'll play uh, – Jones County will play Augusta Christian tonight too, by the way. So I'll, I'll, I'll be – you know, people here in our area can, can measure that. What's okay. Butler got? What's Westside got? Do they can they go beat a Pace Academy one day? Can Butler go beat a Columbia in a couple weeks? You can come um, and, and and check it out for yourself here at Augusta University Friday. You got Butler against Warren County, number six and one A, and you got Westside against Jones County, number six and five A. Now, what I want to do now, I'm going to transition a little bit, Kyle, into staying with boys and rankings and. I don't want to. I'm not. I don't want to get in a fight. I don't want to get in a fight. I'm joking. But you know, I I heard the podcast when you had to address. That's uh, right. I saw you put that on that tweet. Yeah, you know, is yeah, that yeah, Cross yeah, Creek? Yeah. Come on, Cross Creek. Patience, patience, yeah. patience. Yeah, you had to. You had to address Cross Creek. And at the end of it, you had a line. I wish I would have kept the tweet. I tweeted your line, quoted you, and I left yeah. it up for about 16 seconds, and then I deleted it because you never know how people are going to take stuff. And oh, I was like, gosh. I don't want this cut. Target on my back. Thanks, Mr. Cook. I, but I did say it. It came out of my mouth. So it, yeah, I was like, I don't want this smoke. I don't want to be in the middle of this. So I deleted it. But it was something like, now that I've finished taking care of business in the CSRA, like I always have to do, or something like that. So your point is well taken. Um, Cross Creek, state champion of Class 3A a year ago. But this is not a year ago. You had excellent seniors graduating from Richard Visitation to Corey Trotter. Um, I'm going to forget oh, oh Devin uh, Pope, Jack, just, yeah, uh, Josh Dorsey all playing college ball four guys playing college ball mm-hmm. off that starting five um and and so that was your point great point and I I know you said in there you know they win some games hey let's talk and um you know I predicted they would beat Dutch Fork last night now Dor- Dutch Fork went to the semifinal game in South Carolina's uh, highest classification, and they they fell by two to River Bluff, who ended up beating Dorman in the championship game. Dorman had won, I think, four straight state championships yeah. up to there. So, so they beat Dutch Fork last night. Cross Creek did. They play Wando today. I really don't know anything about Wando, but I do expect Cross Creek to get a win. And then they'll get River Bluff in a game Wednesday between two defending state champions. And Kyle, here's my little. Uh, case for Cross okay. Crown, for okay. cr- Cross Creek. I've lived in Augusta f- forever. Cross Creek came around in, I want to say, the late 90s, early 2000s. I really can't even remember. But it was never on the radar basketball-wise, never on the radar until Lawrence Kelly came. And they have been a power since the day he walked in. Now, the day he walked in that year, I want to say they made the state. I can't remember the, the ultimate place they got to. Mm-hmm. But, um, but, Year two, Sweet 16, almost beat Walker Kessler and that crew, Woodward Academy in the Sweet 16 game. Year three, state title game, run into Walker Kessler again. Year four, upsetting uh, Sandy Creek in the state championship game. And you were, I'm sure you were there, but oh, Lor- there. yeah, Antoine Lorick, who I know you, you know, you, you've noted about, he is the one returning starter. And w- w- I've heard that he really did a job on, uh, who, who's the guy? Smith? Jabari. Who? Yeah, Jabari Smith. Yes, Jabari sir. Smith. Uh, McDonald's All-American, right? Jabari Smith at uh, Auburn now. Did Lorick really do a job on him? He did. I mean, he pushed him out. You know, 
sometimes it takes a little bit of two to tango. I Jabari Smith wasn't forcing himself on the block, but he was comfortable getting pushed out to 15 to 20 feet. And obviously, you know, we know Jabari Smith can make those shots, but I feel like, uh, you know, at least for myself, like Sandy Creek was like, wow, these guys are a little longer than we expected, a little more athletic, shoot the ball a little better than maybe we thought. And Lorick did a great job of pushing him out and defending Smith and forcing him to, I don't know how many shots it took, maybe 18 and about 12 or 13 of those were on the perimeter. So, yes, he did a fantastic job, and that was my first viewing of him, and I know he is starting to really pick up some steam. And when you talk about he's the only guy that's really coming back that saw some significant minutes, that's a pretty good player to have coming back as your kind of your, your centerpiece. Um, I expect him to really continue to trend upwards with his recruitment and get better and better. But, I mean, boy, talk about someone that took advantage of the big stage. Maybe he didn't have 15, 20 points offensively, but the number he did shutting down an All-American who's probably going to be an NBA lottery pick um, that was like the first stamp of the legend that he's starting to build over there. Yeah, and you know, uh, a transfer, two transfers. Uh, one, you know, I've seen in the leading scorer uh, column, first couple games, scrimmage game, and and, and uh, regular season games. Uh, Jaden Pack was a point guard at uh, Hepsiba last year. Really came on the scene last year, shooting the ball really well. Um, so he transferred to Cross Creek. I expect him to make an impact. And then, um, and I haven't seen Ahmad's name in the leading scorer column just yet. But like Ahmad Hunt is a point guard who transferred from. Lakeside put up some numbers uh, for the Panthers as a junior so he's over there at least that's what I've been told and um, you know I look forward to seeing the Razorbacks Wednesday against River Bluff hopefully that all works out since I've uh, what do you call it teased it about six times now Um, but I I, I expect them to be in your top 10 soon but you know no pressure I'm not telling you how how to do your rankings I'm not telling you how to do your rankings now the other one is Grovetown now Grovetown uh you know really I, I said on week two of our show that they dominated veterans, but only won 62 to 51. They weren't um, a, an offensive uh, juggernaut that day. They a few too many turnovers, wasn't shooting well from deep. And so they end up, in my opinion, dominating the game, winning by 11. And then I saw them Friday night against Augusta Christian where they did make eight threes. Um, uh, Khalid Haywood, a transfer from the Virgin Islands, made three of them. Darren uh, DJ Douglas, Coach Darren Douglas's son, a six-nine center junior, made uh, two of them. He can really shoot it, um, you know, that stretch five type player. And, and and then the team made three more in addition. So they made eight threes, put seventy-nine on the board against a very talented Augusta Christian team. So that was really impressive. Now they play Butler tonight, and you know, and so I, I'm really impressed with those two teams. I know people will be mad at me for saying this if they're listening. Hopefully they're listening. Um, uh, you know, I think Grovetown and Butler are our two best teams. But, you know, tons of season left. You know, yes. how can you? How can I not say Cross Creek? How can I not say Westside? How can I not say Thompson? You know, there's, there's a list of teams that would be. How can I not say Augusta Christian? North Augusta is number seven in uh, 4A in South Carolina. So, you know, that, that's just my opinion. Now, uh, so anyway, uh, when it comes to all these teams, uh, you know, and, and even if you didn't see them all, 
Because who could? You know, who could see every team in the state? You know, you see so many teams that you could, oh, they beat them, so they must be pretty good and that stuff. You know, but, but like, would you have a guess at, like, Jones County, Thompson, Westside, Butler, Washington County, Warren County, Cross Creek, Grovetown, those are the teams we just mentioned. Would you have seen, like, in the last 12 months, maybe more than half of those teams play? Uh, I know I saw counting summer league, by the way, counting. Yeah. Like I saw Jones County play last year. I did catch some at the uh, hype South event in middle Georgia. So I, I I know that player personnel pretty well. Those guards Uh, are awesome. Chase and, uh, Sanford. And then even coach Harris's son is, I really love him as just a little floor general out there. Uh, He's really good. So that's a team that's definitely moving in the right direction. Um, we mentioned I saw uh, Westside, saw Butler in the summer. Uh, have not uh, have not seen Grovetown, but I've seen Franquan Sherman, and yeah. that's a pretty big freaking uh, transfer. He's really outstanding, a terrific player. Um, saw him last year. Uh, really, really good. You saw um, Cross Creek in the state title game. Obviously, yes. I, I again saw them. You know, a new look Cross Creek this year. But I, you know, you know, you have Lork with all that um, athleticism and length. I saw Thompson in the GBCA as well uh, this summer. Saw them. I thought uh, Braswell, Tyreekus Bradwell's Braswell. Uh, I was impressed with his motor and his slashing ability. So to pair him with those super sophomores, that's like gave me a good idea. Like, okay, I think this team has a chance to maybe usurp uh, Cross Creek for the best team in that region, but it's easier said than done, obviously. So out of all those teams, I've seen, you know, it sounds like a, a, a solid chunk of them um, off the top of my head. Even saw Aquinas uh, in the GBCA over the summer. So uh, You listed them all. You basically listed them all, and I think that's just a testament. Like, I'm supposed to see all these teams. You know, you cover the whole state. You're you're the all these teams. I bow down to you when it comes to the CSRA. I'm not even going to pretend I know more than you do. Well, now, girls, and we're we're, we're bumping up on time. You know, when I get a guest like you, we could go on for hours, but they're going to kick me out of here at some point. So, um, girls, uh, Greenbrier is the highest rated. No, no, Josie at number two in class 2A is the highest rated. But I want to start with Greenbrier, uh, number four in class 5A. Um, you, you know, after I get done with my little spiel, I'll ask you if you've seen him in person. Because if you have, um, I just can't. Uh, every time I see Caitlin Staley play, I'm just so impressed um, with her size and her skill and her motor and all that good stuff. She's got a ton of division one offers already a roughly six foot four post player junior. And then uh, Trinity Barrow, everybody's favorite point guard um, and uh, in Brooklyn Bagley and Jordan Tanksley on the wing shooting threes. I really like that team. Have you been able to see the lady Wolfpack in the I brought Greenbrier up to the Sandy Spiel tip off classic to open their season this year. Well, they played, I think they played Lakeside the night before they picked Shame up the on me. But I brought him. I said, I got to get this team at my event, and I was able to pull them up. Now, uh, they got off to a super slow start against West Forsyth. Like I said, they picked up that game to play the night before. I know they won by about 30, 40 points, but, you know, the starters did play a little bit. And then it, it is a long bus ride in an early morning to turn around and drive three, four hours to get up to coming Georgia and then play that 12 o'clock game. Uh, So they didn't have their legs with them. I knew I was not seeing the best version of Greenbrier, uh, but they cranked it up in the fourth quarter. They were down 23 going into the fourth quarter against West Forsyth. 
and, and it was just real sloppy, a lot of turnovers up top. But again, I think a lot of that has to do with just the, the late night and early morning. That that happens when you have these showcase events. If you play a game four, it's it's something you have to account for. But you you kind of got the gist of okay, we see what this team can do in the fourth quarter when they got their their footing under them. Their press started turning over West Forsyth. They ended up losing forty five to thirty nine. I thought I saw were, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and uh, like you said, Caitlin, that was my first time seeing her. I saw. Some more of those guards I saw in the travel ball season. Brooklyn came to one of my showcase events, a great shooter, but I think she was nursing an ankle injury, so I wasn't sure. I don't think she was 100% even um, for the game on, uh, what was it, the 13th of November. Um, but, Caitlin, like you said, um, big girl, big up top, but she has really good legs. Like You can tell she's pretty nimble down there. She's got some athleticism. Um, you know, They struggled to get her the ball at times inside, and West Forsyth, the team that beat them, what's their biggest weakness? They don't have any size inside. So that was uh, you know, an area that they weren't able to exploit as much. But she'd go get the ball off the glass and, and score inside. And what, she had somewhere close to like 12 points, 7 rebounds, and 8 blocks. So even on a maybe not a, a great day overall, wasn't at her tippy-top best. She still almost had a triple-double, which goes to show you why she is so highly coveted, one of the hottest prospects for mid-major. Even I know like Cincinnati came in, that's a, a bigger school that has offered her over the summer. So impressed with her. And, um, you know, they have a lot of shooters. They weren't knocking down too many shots. And, again, the West Forsyth press, they were just quicker to a lot of loose balls. But Greenbrier is a very good team. I expect them to be right there in the mix of things. I expect them to win that region. I believe it's Region 8 with Loganville, but Loganville's a, a much different looking team this year, but Greenbrier's going to be in the mix. Coach Morningstar, great guy. Uh, I'm really excited about their future this year and also next year as well. Speaking of being excited about something, December 4th is on fire for our area. We've been talking about Butler number 4 playing against Columbia number 2 on that day. That same day, Josie's going to Elbert County. Ooh, number okay. two, Josie, against number one, Elbert County. I guess they met each other in the quarterfinals last year, and Josie mm -hmm. was able to come away with the victory. Coach Juwan Bailey tells me that Elbert County's coach offered to come to Augusta for this game, and Juwan said, we need to come to your place. I guess they call it the hot box. or, or the, Oh, yeah, uh, the Inferno. The, the Inferno. Inferno. That's right, the Blue Devils. Granite City over there. Yeah, yeah. You think, there, you think there's any chance there will be a Kyle Sandy sighting at Elbert County on December 4th? 12-4, I have my own event, the Sandy Spiel Showcase. I'm running all these doggone events, I know. I but if it. I if I, I didn't, it. that would be uh, definitely a great game. Elbert County saw them last year. No Coach Jones over there. That's a team that is legitimately all juniors. They won like 16-10 and 10 as freshmen, which was, oh, wow, that's a year ahead of schedule. Then last year they went about 23 games before they lose by one point to Josie. Now they're all juniors this year, predicated with a bunch of guards, Press, trap, get after you. Again, a team that doesn't have a lot of size. So that's going to be a super fun matchup. And then Josie, uh, obviously they lost to Cross Creek in that first game. But Josie, really good defensively. A lot of length. They do graduate their top two shooters from last year. And sometimes points can be a little hard to come by in the half court. And uh, But, you know, Kashana Brown is a, a girl that's going to be able to create. I think she just signed with Jacksonville. Yeah, I, I lose track. Definitely yeah. a Division One school. I can't uh -huh. remember, to be honest with you. But, yeah, it was about a week ago. Yeah, a playmaker that gets people involved. I really like who I have written down right here. Uh, Ariana Booker, who's a year younger, but I like her as about a 5'10 wing. And then uh, I can't pronounce Miss Cody's first name. I'll just call her AQ Cody. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I like her inside. She's really tough, a very solid power forward that's not super flashy, but she's going to hit the mid-range shot. She's going to rebound and provides toughness. And we saw what they did against Fannin County. They were dead in the water in the state championship last year before Brown kind of cranked it up, got a little more offensive, and the press started trapping, trapping, using that length and, you know, made Fannin County's fourth quarter a nightmare, holding them scoreless for eight minutes. So I expect that to be a high-level game. That's number one versus number two in class two-way for a reason so that's going to be a terrific matchup yeah and also in the works um very soon here josie number two will take on uh greenbrier number four the two teams we've talked Mm -hmm. about so far that'll be a fun one um on the way out i want to touch on cross creek and the Mm -hmm. laney baldwin game cross creek um you know last year kyle i literally was at about three games i went to all of augusta university's home games and and did my duties there but high school I was only at three games because, you know, the whole pandemic and, you know, you got people around you that you don't want to contaminate, whatever you call that. Anyway, so I didn't see her up close, but I saw her on video all year. And then I finally saw her up close last week at Jones County. I think Michaela Bogans is our best player in the area. Um, I'm just very, uh, very uh, fond of her game. You've probably seen her. What do you think about Michaela? Oh, yeah. Uh, Even last year, you know, she didn't have to score a whole lot when you had, what, Jordan Dorsey was just a freak, phenomenal, just carried that team and had enough really good pieces around her. And she's pretty much the only player that graduates from last year's team. But Bogans, no, you could tell right away, even in the state championship game, the moment was not too big for her. She's a great ball handler. She's quick with the ball. You know, not super tall, a smaller guard, but she can really play. And I'm not surprised at all to hear that she made big play after big play down the stretch against Josie. She looks like a Division One guard, at least from the skill set side of things. Maybe not the height just yet, uh, but you can tell she is playing at an extremely high level. She's a type of girl that's going to make everyone around her better, get Aaron Martin open shots on the perimeter, things like that. Um, so, yeah, she, she is a real deal. She is very talented, and I expect her to get better and better. And if she continues to crank up the scoring, and okay, maybe it, not, it might not be 25 points or 30 points in the state championship like Dorsey did, but she's going to be able to carry that load as a facilitator and a scorer, and she's going to put up a lot of points and just, in general, create a lot of points for the Razorbacks over the course of her career. And I should have done a better job setting that up. So Michaela Bogans is a sophomore, um, star freshman on last year's state championship team. And that's why when I say she, I think she's the best player in our whole area, you know, it's a tall, uh, it, it's a big compliment because, you know, Keishana Brown's a Division One player at Josie. Kiana Curtis is a Division One player mm-hmm. at Grovetown. And, you know, we talked about Caitlin St- St- Staley and all the offers and Trinity Barrow being a great point guard at Greenbrier. And I'm probably missing some people. But, um, you know, there's a ton of gr- good players, great players around here. So for me to say that about Michaela, um, you know, just shows how much I appreciate what she can do on the court. And um, speaking of uh, appreciating what goes on the court, let's close it with um, what fans can see if they come out to the 100 Black Men Thanksgiving Classic this Friday and Saturday. Again, the boys play Friday, five games starting at noon, ending at about 10. Um, and then the girls play Saturday starting at noon, ending about 9. Well, that nightcap, that last game of the weekend in the, on the girls' uh, side Saturday night will be Laney, number 6, Class 2A, against Baldwin, number 3, Class 4A. Um, to, what should fans expect to see if, if they come check out that game? Well, I can speak on Baldwin. I haven't seen Laney in a few years. 
uh, probably two years. But boy, oh my gosh, I saw Baldwin just this past Saturday. The first thing that jumps out at you is their massive size, and they're all freshmen. So Kizzy Walker, I guess that's her daughter, Janae Walker, a freshman, 6'3", huge, talented. And their loss to Luella, who's ranked number one, they only lost 55-54, had 19 points and 18 rebounds. And I guess that was her first career varsity start. Um, she is going to be a huge issue. They even have another girl that comes off the bench that's about 6'4", 6'5", huge freshman. They have a, a about a 6-foot forward named Cassidy uh, Neal who hit the game winner to beat Northside Warner Robins at the game I was at. And she's, you know, a bigger body, but she's very skilled. She looks like a banger, but she pushes the ball. She's got nice touch on the perimeter, hit multiple jump shots, including the game winner, and even knocked down a three. That You know, she had about... 15 points and 13 rebounds, or 13, 13 points and 15 rebounds. So you got, you know, freshman right there. Madison Ruff is a sophomore at a 5'8 guard, one of the best athletes you're going to see. Um, just a great, strong body. She loves to get downhill, super creative. You know, she's going to be a Division One player for sure, Division One player for sure. She's so quick. She jumps passing lanes and just turns them into transition points. Uh, in the blink of an eye, she was great. On Saturday, she does need to develop an outside shot. That's the one piece that is, you know, will she will develop that over time. But she's so great. And then Tamia Smith, who's been the elder statesman, has averaged over double digits since day one as a freshman. Uh, she's a dangerous player that is very nimble downhill, will hit you with a euro step, but can knock down some outside shots. So that is going to be a fantastic, fantastic challenge for Laney, seeing a team that has. Great size, but also really talented guards and a mixture of youth and experience as well. So that's going to be a really fun one. Wonderful. One of the best programs uh, on the boys or girls side that our, uh, that our area has, uh, traditionally speaking, over the, over the ages. Um, Laney, uh, three state championships in this past decade and always in the mix. You know, Kyle's got them number six in Class 2A. Um, on the way out, Kyle, I'll tell you uh, just a couple little tidbits um, to maybe keep out in the corner of your eye around here. It just so happens that, um, you, know, I, you know, and the reason why I want to share this is because, you know, just like some people might focus on Atlanta when it comes to Georgia, here in our little area, maybe, you know, we focus on the Butlers and the Westsides, Grove Towns, Thompson, whatever, uh, Augusta Christian. Well, last week, Hepzibah beat Aquinas in their opener, and then Hepzibah turned around and beat Lakeside. Well, Hepzibah has a – I think he's six foot five, and I know he's a freshman. His name's Amari Tolbert. He scored 25 in that win over Aquinas. So I've heard a lot about him. I haven't seen him yet. I've seen little clips on social media. So that's a guy to keep an eye peeled for. Aquinas in the loss, Aquinas has been decimated um, by roster issues, and they won't have – many of the players that we expected them to have this season. But two that are left are Cam Parada, a sophomore, and Taj Vines, a junior. And Cam scored 28 in that game. I saw the highlights. He really looked good. Um, you know, he looked great last year, too. But yeah. really looked, um, you know, like he has made a, a positive step forward with his overall game. Um, and Taj Vines scored 16 that game. And Rico Gonzalez um, from 
Lakeside, a senior, has been a, a big contributor for them since 10th grade. Um, he scored 38 points in Lakeside's opener again. Not opener, I'm sorry. Their first win, and that was against Harlem. Uh, stole the ball in the backcourt and finished a layup to, uh, to, to win 62-61. That bucket went in with about six or seven seconds left. So big opening game for Rico. Um, so just wanted to um, throw out some of those other items Thank that, you. you know, we didn't cover during the, uh, during, during the, the, the main part of the show. But, Kyle, thank you so much for being here. Um, tell everybody uh, as we go out, you know, sandyspiel.com, your, your, your Twitter handle, all that good stuff. Yes. Uh, first and foremost, thank you so much for having me, Mr. Cook. I mean, again, it's an honor. You, you have so much elevated all student athletes and everything in the CSRA, so they are incredibly fortunate to have you. So thank you for this opportunity. Um, my website, sandyspiel.com, I'll spell it out because it, it is a, you don't hear spiel a lot in there. S-A-N-D-Y-S-S-P-I-E-L.com. Uh, a lot of stuff, pretty much all your stuff, you're going to be first finding it on Twitter, at KyleSandy355, and also at Sandy Spiel. Um, just a lot of information will be aggregated onto the website eventually, but Every Monday is the girls' state rankings. Every Sunday is the boys' state rankings. Um, a lot of content coming through. We've got a lot more write-ups I have to get done. It's always busy this time of year. But everything you want to know, sandyspiel.com and at KyleSandy355 is going to be your best, most efficient, and quickest way to kind of find out what's going on in my head and all the games that I've been attending. Excellent. Well, thank you at home or on your cell phone in a gym or where, however you're viewing this or listening to this. Thank you for joining us for episode three of the Augusta Sports Report. You can find at AugustaSportsReport.com our email newsletter. So every time we do an in-depth story, you'll, you'll get an, an email. And at a-U-G-B-B-A-L-L. A-U-G-B-Ball is how to find us on social media where we try to keep track of all the, uh, the most notable high school basketball and football and college basketball, local college basketball, which means Augusta University action. You can catch it there. So thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week.